Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Two years ago, we had the ability to respond rightly to a situation, which was a Cat 5 hurricane that destroyed these buildings. And there was a lot of opinions about why that happened, what happened, what we did wrong, what should have been done, what should be done, how we need to approach these things. And it was all swirling around Eva and I at, you know, at our dinner table. And we're sitting down talking about things. And is this right? Is that right? And there was something that Yahweh always reminded me of, and that is that he speaks through peace. His language is peace. You know, people are, do I, do I hear, can I hear the voice of Yahweh for myself? Yes, and it can come in different forms, but it always comes in the form of peace. It's the vessel by which he speaks. And it's, it's, it doesn't mean that things aren't difficult and things don't get chaotic. It just means that there is an overriding knowing deep down that there is a, there's a peace, it says, that passes understanding. And that's what I feel like in these days. But two years ago... Uh, one of the, what people don't understand, see, we, we sit here and we get to enjoy these buildings and we get to enjoy this place and we're meant to. It's what the heart of someone who builds these kinds of things, uh, they, they want. They, you know, Jerry told me all the time throughout, you know, every time we'd accomplish something or we'd do something new, he would say, talk about the team. You don't need to talk about me. You don't, please don't do that. It's embarrassing. I don't want you to do it. And I would inevitably do it. And he would have to say it again and again and again. But the thing is, is I want to, I want to draw attention to the fact that it's only been two years. And it's not like we had all these professionals come into this building and just knock everything out. Most of the time, it's been Jerry Goodman and one or two other people that were actually building these places. Two years with a hammer and a nail, Jonathan, with, 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 with not much, and with a completely new look at everything, with me going here, there, and everywhere, Jerry made something take, helped me to accomplish something in a very short period of time that should have taken a lifetime. And I'm not talking about just a building. I'm talking about an atmosphere. I'm talking about making something that was in my heart a reality. I'm talking about something that not just a good builder can do, but what I've said about Jerry and what I believe about Jerry Goodman is he is the builder that helped us get to a place to become the builders. And to me, that means more than anything that's happened. Remember, there was a generation that were the pioneers. They came through and they paved the way. They laid a great foundation. That was apostles' generation. And some of us were a part of that. But then we've all, if you're in this room, have become part of the next generation, which is the builders. We're to build the kingdom first in us and then around us. And that's what I mean about the builder becoming, helping us to become the builders. He was a man who was focused on what's in your heart and let me make that happen. 
And that was not fun and that was not easy and that caused a lot of tension and a lot of strife. He talks about waking up at two or three in the morning and thinking about how he's going to get drywall lifted up there. You know, a lot of things that we didn't have to think about. And so why do I bring this all up? Not to make us feel bad about it. That's not what it's about. It's to honor him. And I want you to see that even in his last days here, his focus was not on just my heart. Though that was a part of it. And it wasn't focused on because Apostle was here and and he has to honor that thing. Though that was a part of it. He did all of this because he believes in us and you and me. And he wanted us to get to a place, wanted us to get to a place that we could continue to build the kingdom. And he's done that and he's done it amazingly. And I just thank you so much, Jerry. I really do. I know I've said a whole lot before on Friday and everything else, and I'm not going to just sit up here the whole time, but I could because there's so much amazing things that you have done for us here. And we thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to read something Eva, you know, th- things, things either happen be- for a reason because we're guided by the impulses of Holy Spirit and he's working all things together for good and he's guiding our steps, he's ordering our steps or they're just happenstance and things just take place. I like the first version a lot better so that's how I choose to live my life and my wife the other day uh, right when we, this, this whole retirement thing came up, uh, she was, you know, we've, we've moved into a new house and it's just a constant thing of unloading boxes and, you know, putting things here and there and everywhere. And it just seems like when we think we're done, we remember somewhere where we have something else stored and it's just a continual process. But Eva opened this, Eva opened this, this box and on the top of the box was this letter. Now remember, First, first, like, few days of us even knowing about the Jerry thing, or was it before? So, she, so within all of this, she, she finds this letter, and she leaves it for me, and she says, I don't, I, I don't even know how it applies. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, for the, the Jerry thing or what it is, but, but it's weird to me because I don't even remember this letter, and it's Jerry Goodman, Sunday, June 17th. 2012. And I read this and as I, as I read it, I tried to make sense of like, what is it talking, you know, who is it talking specifically to? Is this for me? Is this for Jerry? Is this for, you know, this? And I realized that this is a now word today for this tribe. And it goes along with reformation in so many ways, if you can listen. So these are his words. As you, apostles, spoke today, even last week, I had this in my heart. Faith. We need a greater abundance of faith for these days. What we've got now is not going to take us through. Holy Spirit has impressed upon me today. I am releasing the rain in each of our lives as the mustard seed. I am releasing the Holy Spirit to rain on that seed and to sprout forth. We need, we need a new breaking forth of faith in our spirits to fulfill the voice of multiplication. If we don't spring forth in newness, people around us won't see. All they're going to see is old branches. It's time to prune off some old stuff. 
If you prune off the old stuff, it's like Apostle says, the scriptures are filled with farmer analogies. You have to prune your grape vineyard every year to produce new fruit. I come today to prophesy to each and every one of us, we need to get the clippers out. Prune in our own lives. You know what you need to cut. Each of us, we are different. We produce stuff differently. That's the body. The hand is is not the same. The foot is not the same. We are all different to make up this body. So we need each and every one of us. And I release the word of faith in our lives today to do what the Holy Spirit is prompting us to do. If it's to get saved, get saved. If it's to do whatever, the body shall arise and heal itself to produce the seed that the Holy Spirit is wanting to water today. I call the Holy Spirit to come down and rain on each of us to fulfillment. You can't do nothing without the rain. The rain is the Holy Spirit. I release it today in abundance more and more and more to the point of a flood to flood your lives today to a greater dimension. Strike hands. He said it. We should do it. Strike hands. Yes and yes and yes and amen. The water is not knee deep. It's further. It's got to be overwhelming. You almost want to drain. But you need to drown yourself in the Holy Spirit. Today, if you hear the voice today, you shall overcome. So make, just like Apostle said, make this commitment. Swear by yourself if by no other, just like Yahweh. Make your word just as his. When somebody says, I'm not going to do it, then just don't do it. Actually, oh, and then he says, excuse my language. (laughs) This is funny. Come hell or high water. Mm. Back then, that might have been a problem. Now (laughs) it's... Come hell or high water, we ain't going to do it. But it's in your own lives. I can't do that for you. But you must call upon Holy Spirit. Are you hungry enough today? It's the hunger apostle talked about when he laid on the floor. He was hungry. He didn't play golf no more. He was hungry. If we don't express that hunger in our day-to-day lives, people are not going to come to us. We ain't got nothing to feed them. But we must reach down in our souls, prune those things that need to be pruned so we can shoot forth with new fruit, tasty stuff. Oh man, let me get a hold of some of that fruit that you've got on your vine. I want some of those peaches. I want some of those apples. Whatever you got, it's going to be so enticing that they are, not, that they are going to come to you and ask you, how can I get some of that? I want to encourage you today with these words that Holy Spirit has laid upon my heart to share with y'all. Now act upon it. June 17, 2012. Jerry Goodman, we honor you and we receive your word to, as, from yesterday like it was today because it is for today. And it is, it's a, it's a the, the idea of pruning is so powerful and so awesome because I feel like we've gotten to this place in our lives where we believe that we should have authority We should have this fruit to be able to see certain things manifested. And then he comes to clip stuff away. I want to 
I don't want to say a lot this morning, I'll be honest with you. I feel like he's said a lot. I feel like he's done a lot. I don't think that I need to add to, but I do want to make sure that I, uh, that I, I don't know if it, it wouldn't be correct. It's just, I, I think it was incomplete something. I made a statement. I was talking about, um, I was talking about, you know, if, if Donald Trump is supposed to be in office in order for the glory of Yahweh to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea, then he would be there. And that is right. But understand that I'm not saying that whatever happens is the will of God. That is called irresponsible. And so I want to make sure that I make this clear that we're not to live in this place of, well, if it happens, that was the will of God. You can disagree, realize that we're not quite there yet, and still get back into the rest, and still have the authority that starts to rise up within you and say, like, see, I don't, this is my position. Let me say it this way. My position is not, is is that we're not meant to fight the battle of the political world. But I didn't say we're not supposed to influence it. The battle is his. His will is inevitable, but we are the gateways. What I believe actually happened in this whole thing, this is, again, I've said this is my opinion, but I believe it's right. I should, it's my opinion. (laughs) But I believe that the reason that Donald Trump is not in office, because I think that Yahweh did some amazing things through him. I, you know, I, you know, it's miraculous some of the stuff that took place and that some things were not good and some things were good. I'm not making some kind of political stand. I'm just saying that I believe that Yahweh used Donald Trump. But I believe we came to the place as a church, not this church, but I mean the church as a whole, where we came to a place of exalting one and we thought if this does not take place, if this is not what it looks like, then then we're all done. And we actually, we've come into agreement, we've come into agreement with the darkness. You know what I mean? Like, remember, we've talked about believing and that being amen and aman and coming into uh, 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 making covenant with something. And we, we talk about so often and we r- truly believe that darkness is taking place, that there's so much evil in this world. And there's people that have literally sold their souls to the devil that are coming in here and operating. This is that deep, deep tunnel that a lot of people have gone down, especially Christians. But shouldn't we be influencing that more than it's influencing us? Shouldn't we be coming into agreement with the light that's within us? Shouldn't we be more convinced and more in belief of the power of Christ that's flowing through our veins than we are convinced of the evil that's in the world? The evil is in the world. That's not a surprise, right? That's not a surprise. It says that the light shined within the darkness. But I believe that this authority or assumed authority is starting to get pruned back. And he's bringing us back to, okay, look, the church showed their cards. Out of a place of anxiety, out of a place of fear, they started to proclaim one and he wants to bring us back. 
reform some of our thinking, and one day we are going to influence elections. One day we are going to influence nations. One day we're going to influence bodies and thinking and everything else. I believe that is authority that we have been given through Yeshua the Christ, yet it's got to be a place of not my will, but your will. Even Yeshua himself had to come to a place of saying, it's not my will, it's your will. I love the story of Jonah because Jonah, you know, no matter how you think of him, of like he was scared. I remember as a kid, I always thought of the story of Jonah and the whale is like, you know, he was scared of all the things going on. He was a little bit nervous about going to Nineveh and speaking over, you know, or or delivering Yahweh's word and how they would receive it. No, that guy was so convinced of the influence he had within himself and hated that so much, did not want to see reformation come to that land. He didn't want to see revival come to that land. the, The Bible mentions two different prophecies of Jonah. One is when he's talking about expanding the tents of Israel, which he is all about. And then there's the other one where he has to come to Nineveh and, and proclaim Yahweh's word that they need to repent. But he, the, the question was not if the influence within him would change something. It absolutely would. There's no question. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He hid from the presence of Yahweh simply because he didn't want to answer that call because it was so contrary to his thinking. He looked at that land as so evil. And he actually, even after he follows through with it, in the end, he goes, you know, the reason I ran from you, Father, is because I know your nature. I know your forgiveness and I know your loving kindness. Well, (laughs) I feel like I feel like we're in a similar spot. I believe that there is darkness. I believe that there is some evil things in this world. I believe that there's corruption. I believe that there's in all ends of the spectrum and our nation is sick. But I also don't believe that we are so convinced that the answer is within us. I think we're looking for a political gain, a political move, a, a one single person, one single government to shift everything and make it right. It sounds a lot like the disciples. It sounds so much like Yeshua's disciples that he was going to restore Israel back to its glory. But he comes in and says, no, I'm, I'm going and so are you. You see, it's just, it's a matter of of how we approach this thing. The Bible tells us that the kingdom suffers violence, right? What happens after that? The violent take it by force. Well, that's a struggle within us when then we start talking about, but it's the meek that inherit the earth. The kingdom suffering violence, it suffers violent and violence, but it's not the kingdom people that are violent that take it by force. If you see the right translations of that scripture, it's actually saying that violent people continually come to attack it. But it's the meek, those that even when they're, even when they're passionate and think that they've done, been done wrong are only guided by the impulses of Holy Spirit. Those ones are the ones that come in to inherit the earth. They're the ones that have the spiritual authority to do so. They don't take anything. The, violent, the kingdom suffers violence. Violent people take. 
it by force. Sons and daughters are about inheritance. Inheritance only comes, that authority only comes when you're ready. Does that make sense? So the, the, the child that dies of a sickness or the adult that dies of sickness, you know, the, the corruption, the evil things, cancer, disease, whatever it might be, these are not the will of Yahweh. That's, that's not good thinking at all. But his will is that it's on earth as it is in heaven. And we are the gateway to make that take place. Let's go to Isaiah 46, 24. This is out of the Passion Translation. This is a scripture that uh, I actually meant to read last week, and maybe I did. I don't, I don't really remember. But, but it's something that I just keep getting drawn to. And it's so, uh, to me, it's so comforting. Do we have that back there, guys? If not, I'll read it to you. I'll tell you exactly what it says. It's crazy. I've got it right here. says this. This is Isaiah 14, 24 out of the Passion Translation. The Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies. Period. That, that should just, I mean, that's, sometimes we, we, we <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, it, the only thing that we could say is that we just don't really believe. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we've come into agreement. We believe, we've believed in the powers of darkness and all that they have and all that they can do. And most people in here can tell me about why this next administration, everything is so corrupt and wrong about how it came about, if you are on that side, which most people here in the South and Christians, that's how they look at things. But they can, they can, they can tell me about that. Why? He's the God of armies of angels. Of armies of angels. Now, either that's going to sound like to you a, a little spiritual whatever thing, but why can we believe more in the powers of darkness and believe everything that we read, but this right here seems a little bit far-fetched? Do you see how we've got it twisted? You see how our minds as Christians and believers sometimes are perverted? Like, I don't mean that we don't declare this. I'm talking about believing it. I'm talking about when you go to say something negative or, or, or feed on something that seems like so bad and might even be true in the natural. It's not true in heaven. And if we're the gateway that brings heaven to earth, why are we looking at what's going on in the earth? I want to believe that statement more than I believe anything else other than that he's Papa God. But the Lord Yahweh, commander of armies of angels, angel armies, makes this solemn decree. Be sure of this. 
Be sure of this. Remember, don't let, don't let it be too simple this morning. Be sure of this. Oh, that sounds good. We, we want to go on to the next one. All right, be sure of this. Be, be sure of this. Yeah. <laughs> 100% sold out, no other options. Remember last week. I've only got one card to play. I don't need to think about it. I don't need to go, well, what if this happens? I don't need to go, well, what if this happens? I don't need to do anything except I've got one option. And it sounds like this, even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing to the ways of this world. That he is the commander of angel armies. And I'm going to be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Be sure of this. I know this isn't just a word for yesterday. This is a word today. He does not change. He was not caught off guard. He is not in turmoil. They're not having this big kingdom board meeting up there going, well, how do we deal with this whole Joe Biden situation? Because I did not see this one coming. Son, what happened? No, actually, I don't think he cares about any of that. He cares about your heart. He cares about your single focus. He cares about the garden walking relationship. That's what he cares about. From that place, he gives us, gives, we inherit a measure of authority that starts to actually influence. Why, why is that important? Why is it important that we prune back some of the fruit that we've already gotten? It's because we might not have the branches or the stability to actually produce the fruit and take care of the fruit that we need for days to come. That's the reason there is fruit, but it needs to be cut back because I got more for you. And if you're willing to settle for that, you're going to live your days in turmoil trying to hold up something that you're not quite ready for. Be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose. How many? Every. Every. Say that with me. Every. See, if I read it slow and I say it a bunch of times, it gets in a little bit better, I think. I feel like. So we're just going to spend about 25 minutes per word and we should get it. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass. We always want to be in a hurry. Me too. I want to see things happen yesterday. But he doesn't see time the same way that we see time. And he is after our heart and he's willing to take however long he needs to take to get there. 
I think the reason that we're in the position that we are in today as believers, as Christians, as the church, as the ecclesia of Christ, as all of those things, whatever you want to call it, as sons and daughters, why I believe that we're in this position today is because of one scripture out of Exodus that says, you shall worship no other gods for my name is jealous. I'm a jealous God. That's beautiful. No, no, my name, my actual nature is so jealous over your heart that I'm not willing to let what you think should take place take place. Because if I did, we'd never get back to the garden. And I'm not willing, if it even seems like a little bit of a setback, that's fine. I'm not looking at the next four years and I'm not looking at the next eight years and I don't see things for the next 12 years or 50 years or 100 years or 150 years. I'm not looking at 400 years from now. I'm not looking at 1,000 years from now. All I'm looking at is your heart, period. And until I have that, we won't move forward. We're gonna stay right here. He gave me this... this, uh, phrase that I'm going to say, and I, I don't even know what it means completely, but I'm going to try to go there. It says, the measure in which your inheritance is released, talking about it, last week, I just kept having that thing, the meek shall inherit the earth. This comes from that. It says, the measure in which your inheritance is released is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. The measure in which your inheritance is released that authority is released, the influence is released, is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. So we know that he's the commander of angel armies. We know that ultimately his will is on earth as it is in heaven, that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, we, that his glory comes. So now let's go to Matthew. Very, 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 uh, your Bible should just open to it. Let's see if it does. Oh, it's a phone. I know you already have this bookmarked. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he said, You've revealed something that you got from heaven. So let's go back to this, let's go back to this, this statement here. The measure in which your inheritance is released is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. The only way that you reveal heaven is to actually be in an experience with heaven. 
which comes through a face-to-face, I set the Lord one singular mind focus with Abba. Not, not a little bit of this, a dash of that, stir it around, and then just throw a little bit of Yahweh over here. No, 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 no. You got to understand that this is, there are people that do that. I, I just, that's not my people. That's not what this house is called to. And I know, uh, like, part of me is like, I don't even want to go back to some of this stuff, but this isn't going back to this. Like, I'm, I've put a period on this last week. I did. Whether you're on board or not, we're moving forward. And the next kind of things that we talk about is what the kingdom's like. And that's what I'm actually doing today. But I have to make sure that you heard me. <laughs> Eye has not seen. We got to have influence that isn't based on an opinion. We've got to know that because of what we've been seated in, the power that we have access to. You see, that's what Jonah had. Jonah, Jonah had a relationship to a degree that there was no question. There was no question that influence with that, that his difficulty was challenging the thinking of it's not your will, but it's my will. And we have to come to a place because we've been so singularly focused, we've been so seated within the Father, we know and believe and come into such an agreement with him that the authority and the influence is second nature. And it's not a question. It's only because we have mingled seed. It's only because we have a mixed concoction of beliefs that we don't quite operate in the authority we're designed to operate in. So let's go back to this. One more time, I'm going to read this thing. One more time, meaning I'll read it about 12 more times. The measure in which your inheritance is released is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. Verse 17 says again, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. From this revelation, it doesn't matter what is taking place around you, this is my bedrock. This is, this is the revelation you need is my nature. Not my name, not an identifier. The, the first part was him trying to be identified. You're like, you know, uh, you're like John the Baptist. You're like anybody else. But no, he said, you're the son of God. You're the son of the living God. And that is his nature, not his name. Identifier. Now listen to this. So he says that this is the revelation that is bedrock. This is the revelation that is the rock. But then we move into this, and this has always got to be the challenge. And I will give you. Did, did he say I'll, you need to take this? I will give you. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. 
And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Remember, here's the will of Yahweh. You and I are the gateway. And if it's not you and I, it's going to be someone else. But we will be vessels of his glory. His will will come. What he had planned surely will take place. Let it be known inside of you that this is what's going to take place. But I want to be the one that says, through me, let that take place. I want to be the one that has influence. And he's told us the only way to do that is to step into a singular focus, not politics and everything around us and not division, unity. Not taking this earth, inheriting it. And it's only going to come through the measure of heaven that you're willing to reveal. Is this making sense or have I confused you all? all, I'm a little confused myself, so let's go back. Uh, The measure in which your inheritance is revealed, is released, is directly related to the level of heaven you reveal. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But heaven. Let me say that again because I cut out. But heaven did. Flesh and blood. Lord God. (laughs) And the peace that passes understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Yeshua. He done did it. Heaven revealed it. I just, I just want to be a part of a people, and I know that I am. That is so otherworldly. That so doesn't make sense in the natural. That confounds the wise. That has such joy in the midst of chaos. That has such purpose in the midst of turmoil. That has such a knowing of who they are, who he is, that they genuinely just don't care about the world swirling around them. They only care about his heart. And through that position and that posture and that seat of rest, he starts to reveal the whispers of heaven to you. And once those whispers of of heaven are revealed, there's a level of inherited authority that starts to take place. It's the stuff that we start to influence the world around us, genuinely influence the world around us. Yeshua didn't heal everybody. Yeshua didn't speak the messages that everybody wanted him to speak. Yeshua didn't give everybody the answer. He was the answer. He came to reveal Papa God. I don't do anything apart from him. I'm nothing apart from him. 
But what was he doing? Was he, was he just here just to be here and so we could read about him and get frustrated of why we couldn't do it? Or is he setting the standard whether we could hit that standard today or not? That doesn't change. He's the eternal son of God. Eternally, he was the son. It wasn't just all of a sudden. He, he was eternally the son of God. And then he came and put on flesh. Truly to demonstrate the authority that I believe you and me were supposed to walk in. He, he didn't just set a standard. He also raised the bar and said, and then greater works will you do. And I'm telling you that whether it's my generation or this generation or whether it's Frank and Leo's generation or Mila's or whether it's you further down, he, there will be a people. There will be ones called abiders that truly, truly do some greater works. And not, I'm not talking about best of five or best of 10 or best of 20 or you got some right, you got the others wrong. no. It's, I'm talking about 100%. I'm talking about ones that walk in the complete influence of heaven that are convinced of who they are. And they come into days of wickedness and there's corruption and everything else. And that world trembles as they step forth. Where their biggest debate is, God, I really don't like them right now. I don't know if I want to just step in and do that whole thing. And they have to be called back to the Father and say, remember, not my will, but yours. And they say, all right, let me step in and change the world real quick. That's the debate. That will take place. Put Isaiah back up there, please. Let's read it again real slow this time. The Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, makes this solemn decree. Be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass. That's good, guys. That is really good. So when you're laying in your bed at night, or you feel a little shaken about something in your life, maybe it's as big as the country, maybe it's as little as a remodel on your house. You can always be sure of something. That, that, that is good. That's, that is a place to be. The foundation of our faith is his goodness. His sovereignty. He's got it all in his hands. He's got it all under control. And that is beautiful because I couldn't even mess it up if I tried. But he also chooses me to be that gateway. And he wants to walk with me and whisper inheritance into my ear. And I'm going to be the one. I'm just going to say, I might not see it to fulfillment, but I'm making the choice to believe that. That and nothing else. I don't need that In the circumstance, I don't, I, I, I just don't. You can reason it all you want. You don't need all of that. 
You need to do what Jerry Goodman said, and you need to go and prune some things. That's what you really, really, really need to do. And what happens is under the anointing, under the presence, under environments like this, you sit there and you go, yes and amen. But if you step out of that for a moment, I mean, we've got to get to the place that this is an ongoing thing. And every preacher across America is preaching the same thing. Hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, this should not be any different. But you know what? That's, that's become cliche because we've said it so many times and done nothing. We actually need to have a focus of one thing have I desired and I'm willing to walk home, throw my phone into a drawer and sit and look at the face of my kids. I'm willing to, when someone calls me to tell me about all the turmoil, I sit down at the table and say, no, I'm, I'm watching my kids. Things are too good. This is not a name it, claim it, fake it till you make it kind of message. This is an inheritance message. This is take all of that stuff that you're feeling, let it be bridled by the power of Holy Spirit and the knowing that be sure of this, just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass and then understand that we need to step into a place where heaven starts to reveal some things to us. And I don't want to hear everything that sounds like everyone else. Neither should, you should be disgusted. We should be disgusted as sons and daughters if we sound just like the earth. Romans 12, stop imitating the ideals of the world around you. Luke 13, 20. I think I'm reading this, yeah, out of the Passion Translation. I'm about to end with this. Gone longer than I even thought I would today. Caroline started to talk about it, but those that are planted by the rivers of living water. She talked about being focus on his face and being a tree. The middle part of that chapter is one of, I think, one of the most vital keys. And it, it says one thing that is, it's, it could be said in many, many ways. I, one could be saying, it's the same thing as saying, I set the Lord before me. It's, it's that face-to-face, I, singular focus, like, blinders on type of thing, but it says that in his law, they will meditate day and night. They will constantly bring his goodness, constantly bring the law. What is the law? It's not yes and no's. It's not black and white. It's not right and wrong. It's his nature. It is his goodness. It's like saying that this, like I can read what Yeshua has done on this planet, and I can say that he revealed the Father. And I can see the compassion in Abba's eyes. I can see the compassion that he has for me. I can see the love that he has for me. And I'm constantly setting that before me. I'm constantly setting the goodness of Yahweh before me. That is what I put right here. I meditate day and night. Remember, I always say that you're going to meditate on something. It's how you were wired. If you don't believe me, You go to bed thinking about a financial issue, you're going to wake up thinking more about that financial issue. 
You, you, throughout the day, you're going to mull over that financial issue, through health issue, through fear, through whatever circumstance. And I'm telling you today, everyone is meditating on the earth, on the political system, on the fear of everything that's going on. That's always being put in front of them. And you're reproducing that fear. That's what you're spreading into the earth. If you really believe that in, the, in your tongue is the power of death and life, then you might think before you speak, before you allow the words that are coming out of your mouth to touch this ground, to touch the atmosphere, because you are joining in the powers of darkness. You are joining in the chaos. You don't mean to, it's not your heart, but that is what is being hit because it's what you've been meditating on. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It is the biggest, best, easiest litmus test to know where, what condition your heart's in is just open your mouth. Go take record of this past week and say, what was I talking about this week? What was it that just kept coming out? What was it that was on my heart? You reveal it. And as long as we're still willing to talk like that, the inheritance will be held in his goodness. But if we set the Lord before, if we set Yeshua's nature before us, if we, if we sit and we go, you know what, I don't quite get this, but heal the blind man. I don't quite understand it, but he's willing to redeem stuff that in today's world, I, I don't even know if I go near. I don't quite get it, but every single person that he did pray for Saw breakthrough. And that be the thing that we meditate on. All of a sudden, I believe it's going to start to become part of us. The question is not a problem. We should ask the questions. We should face these things. It's not good enough to say that was for yesterday. It's today. It's for today. It's for you and me. And I say this a lot lately, but he doesn't want you to know him as Yeshua, Yahshua, Yeshua, Jesus, Messiah, none of those things are as important as Kimmy and Dustin and Jonathan, Tamara, Eva. He wants us to know that in us is Christ and we are the hope of glory. Not yesterday's stories, today's experiences. So let's read this. Luke 13, 20. Jesus taught them another parable. How can I describe God's kingdom? Let me give you an illustration. It is like something as small as yeast that a woman kneads into large amounts of dough. It works unseen until it permeates the entire batch and and rises high. In other words, it's kind of like a virus. that it's supposed to be viral. It's supposed to be I get too close to Dustin and he catches on fire too. It's supposed to touch everybody that I walk by. It's supposed to be a thing where someone just comes with a little bit of faith and touches the hem of your garment and it literally changes. It's supposed to be where someone, your shadow casts on them and they are healed. That is what the standard actually is. 
But what it's described as is leaven. It says yeast, or does this one say leaven? I don't know. It's both of them. But what it is, is it's a tiny rising agent. Are you guys getting dripped on over there? I am so sorry. We like to do baptisms very slowly. Just drip, (laughs) drip. That's his presence. Sorry about that. And welcome to The Rock. It's good to see you guys. Um, but, but I believe that what, what's being said is it's, it starts off as small. It's very potent and it's inevitable. But it needs to be needed in order for it to have an impact, in order to make that thing start to rise. And to me, the needing in this is a lot like meditation. It's a lot like setting the Lord before you. And I believe that today, if we'll take the words that Holy Spirit has been speaking through this house, through leaders in this house, that if we'll take that word and we'll say, I choose that, and I'm going to need it into my everyday life. But beware of the leaven of the Pharisee and of Herod. Because if you let a little bit of that go in, now you've got the mixed seed. You've got the mixed leaven. You've got the mixed reality, and it's supposed to be truth. He says this, I am the way. I am the truth. All that is real, that's me, and I am life. So sons and daughters should look at it as there is no other option. They're literally, I couldn't, I, I, I don't have one, so I need to stop thinking about the other one. I need to stop trying to take the earth when it's already going to be given to me. And I need to start focusing on how can I step into a place of peace and rest that warrants him to whisper heaven and give us a little bit more inheritance of of authority. And, it, and, it, and you know, worship, all of this stuff that we're doing today, speaking to you, coming in here, singing these songs, sitting here in his presence, worship is not a manipulation to get what we want. That's not what this is about. It's just a, my apostle Damon says it this way, it's a secondary consequence. It's what, what you're seated in day to day is what's going to start to be reflected around you. You can't, you can't help it. You don't even have to try. You don't have to try to exercise your authoritative muscles, which we've done so much. But stop operating in the idea of the kingdom suffers violence. So us violent ones need to take it by. It's not talking about you. It's talking about the violence one, the violent ones. It's, it's the meek. It's the meek. It's those that are convinced It's those that are sure. It's those that knead into their dough. The Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, makes this solemn decree. Be sure of this. Just as I have planned, so it will be. Every purpose of my heart will surely come to pass. Y'all stand with me. Let's get the musicians up here. One thing that, uh, that they, they didn't say this morning, that first song that they sang was a Benjamin Nicholson ori- original. He wrote that. And Jeffrey. Jeffrey Bouye. 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 I'll say it wrong every single time. Jeffrey Bouye. 
They wrote this song. I want, I want y'all to do that again as we, as we kind of close it out. If you want to stay around, stay around. If you're ready to go, go. But, um, but I, I love it. I love the, the, I don't know exactly the words. What is the, the one about you take, you, you kind of captivate me, the bridge part? What is it? Ooh, iPads. <laughs> I just wrote it, I swear. Uh, you captured me and I don't want to leave because I belong to you. I, I, I've, through these days, have been so leaned into Zechariah of I am a prisoner of hope. I am captured in hope, a joy-filled expectation for good. People, you know, can talk to me and there's, I can't, I just genuinely, I, I, I've, I have, but today I can't let negative things about this nation, about this earth, slip out of my mouth, out of my lips. I can't do it. And it's because I'm so imprisoned to hope. I'm so captivated in his presence. I don't say that. Look, I don't say that in any kind of, you know, declaring like, look at me way, because I have not always been this way. But I believe it's what we're designed to be like. It's what we're designed to do. And listen, think of anything, put anything that you are struggling with, that you're concerned about, that you have question about this morning, and let's put it right here again on the altar. And let's let this thing just burn up. It's not to be a yokeless, burdenless people. It's that we just have his yoke, which is easy, and his burden, which is light. We make that exchange today so that we ultimately walk in the authority that we are designed to be not some, it's never my intent that we be some, you know, we just sit here and just shackalack and pray. That's going to be awesome. That's amazing. I don't belittle that. But that is unto the out lifestyle, the in going out. But I, when I come in, I want to leave with him. I want to I represent him well, his opinion, his will, not mine. So, uh, Abba, we love you. We bless you. We give this day to you. We give these worries, these doubts, these inconsistencies in our heart and in our mind. And we just ask you to bring a single-minded focus once again to this people. Let us be so infatuated with your eyes we couldn't look elsewhere, even if we tried. Let us just walk one as one with you this week in oneness, in wholeness, in complete and perfect health in our mental, our mind, our thinking. Let us be pure and holy, separated unto you, Father. We love you, and I thank you so much for this people. I thank you so much for the word you put on my heart. I just ask that it becomes life and not just words. I ask that people see you, not me. I ask that you you know that, that you let them know that this came from your spirit and not my own, Father. We just give this to you and we bless you in your son's name, in your son's nature. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org. 